It's a gospel on the radio talk show. A show about dreams and visions and a church that is indeed triumphant, alive, and well. For the church triumphant is alive and well. Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host and well, it's just another day to serve the Lord and just to get excited about the kingdom of God. And I want to welcome you today. We are going to be with you for about an hour today. Just talking about the church, talking about, as I say, dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. That's always our topic, has been from the very beginning of the show way back in 2002 when we began. And... Um, the thing is, the church, I believe, is the message that the world needs to be a part of a church, part of the family of God, be under a covering of a local pastor, a local church, and receiving ministry and instruction so that we can all be together and united in our purpose of bringing Christ Jesus the work of salvation to all of humanity and to bring that peace, that peace, as Scripture says, it passes all understanding. Well, we have a few rules on the show. We don't talk sports, politics, or doctrine, but we do always speak well of one another, and that has served us very, very well over all of these years. This is show number 1,116. That's a lot of talking. And uh, I was just looking over back through the uh, cards that I have people fill out when they come to be on the show with me. And uh, just looking at some of our guests that we've had this year, uh, Kathleen Bass last Sunday, enjoyed that interview. And uh, of course, she is a woman that, uh, uh, well, she's married to a, a man who we've had on the show many times, uh, Paul Bass. But, uh, I told Kathleen, I don't want to introduce you as Paul Bass's wife. I want you to have your own identity on the show. And she talked about life and family and a little business that she has going to do things uh, to draw people to her so that she could share the gospel message. It's just a wonderful show. And then uh, Charles Coleman, the week before then, uh, pastor of, uh, let's see, uh, New Life Church. Church out on Centerville Road had a good time. Actually, Christian Life Church. I don't, let me get it right here. Christian Life Fellowship out on uh, Centerville Road. Enjoyed uh, having him. Donnie Bennett from the uh, uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes down in Wakulla County. <laughs> he told us how that God called him to this ministry. And actually, Brother Cass McCarvey came up to the Capitol where he was working. And uh, said, well, I understand that you're interested in uh, doing ministry with FCA. And he said, well, yeah. He said, well, then uh, you got the job, and now you'll have to go raise your own support. <laughs> and, uh, and that's what they do at FCA. That's an amazing thing. If you work for FCA, then you raise your own support. And, uh, well, a lot of people do it. Of course, FCA is a ministry that people 
uh, hear about. And we know that they are effective in uh, their work getting into schools and doing the things we do. And, of course, uh, Jamie Brown from a Women's Pregnancy Center. She was our guest uh, in February the 7th of 23. And so we just had a great uh, lineup here of those who have come to, as I say, to sit down and talk about dreams and visions with me. Scott Hunter from Genesis Church and uh, uh, talk about a night to shine. What a tremendous ministry. So that's kind of what we do here on the Saturday Night Actually, the Gospel on the Radio talk show. We talk about uh, the things that God is involved in in the church and all of these wonderful people who have come and, and been a part of it. That's a blessing to me. Um, I am the pastor of Freedom Road Christian Ministry, 720 Capital Circle Northeast here in Tallahassee. And I've been a pastor there for a long time. We love visitors. Love to have you come and worship with us today. We start at 11.05 for our Sunday morning service. Sunday school is at 10 if you want to come in and be a part of that. And uh, well, we'd love to see you. Love to meet you and bring the family out. Uh, Freedom Road is a church that uh, we just believe that, that God is supreme. And we worship the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And uh, we enjoy music, we enjoy the preaching of the word, and we love good fellowship. And if you are a person that's looking for a church home, some place where you could just plug in and then uh, go to work, well, <laughs> we got a place for you. We got a lot of areas of ministry that we need people involved in. Perhaps maybe you're a person who has a heart and passion for teenagers. Well, we could sure use you at Freedom Road, or maybe your ministry is more the college and career age, uh, then hey, we sure do need that ministry in our church. Or maybe you work with women, or whatever your calling may be, I think we got a place to plug you in. Of course, if you're a musician, uh, you can uh, play and, and uh, help Miss Sue out. She's our uh, worship leader, but uh, uh, like I say, there's a place of ministry there if you are looking for a place to serve. Or perhaps maybe you are a person you would say, I just need to go to a place right now where I can just hear the word. Maybe just take a little rest. Not too long, <laughs> but uh, then come on out. Like I say, we'd love to have you. We love families. And uh, well, praise God. Just. Come to visit with us, 720 Capital Circle, Northeast in the Crescent Park Plaza. That's between Easterwood Drive and Park Avenue. Now, Easterwood is the where you turn in there to go into Tom Brown Park, and also the National Guard Armory is right there on that corner. So you come on past that, heading toward Park Avenue, and look for our sign on the right-hand side of the road, Freedom Road Christian Ministry. You can check us out on the web, FRCM dot us and you can also find this show on the podcast and and all of the talk shows of all of those guests that i mentioned just a few minutes ago you can hear all those interviews there on the podcast just type in pastor jack king tallahassee and uh, that'll come up and you'll find us right there and you can check us out come worship with us as i have told you the thing that uh, is first and foremost in uh, uh, as we present this show on these Sunday mornings is that the church is our topic. 
that has been all along. As when I say uh, dreams and visions, a church triumphant, alive and well. But oftentimes uh, when I have a show and it's, there's no guest in the studio and it's just me, I like to uh, interrelate with uh, the things that are happening around us, especially how they affect the body of Christ. And uh, I'm one who kind of keeps my ear to the news, but I'm not a news watcher. In other words, I don't sit down and uh, watch uh, NBC, CBS, uh, or ABC. I just don't. I just don't watch those uh, broadcasts. Haven't seen them in years. But I do listen to a, a lot of talk radio. And you say, well, Pastor King, that's that just slants you. Well, a lot of times it just affirms <laughs> what I already what I already feel and what I already believe. And then uh, um, I know that I'm a person who loved and appreciated Rush Limbaugh. And my wife uh, bought me a book, uh, The Life of uh, Rush, uh, the, uh, in, his, in his ministry on the radio. And uh, I'm, I'm one of these people, you give me a book, I'm going to put it on the stack because people give me books a lot. And, uh, and I love to read, but I can't read uh, all of it once. So uh, uh, you give me a book, and then when time comes, I'll get to it. So I, it came time, this one was next on the list, and she'd given it to me back at Christmas time. And uh, I read it, and uh, I kind of, well, I just kind of get sad and happy all at the same time <laughs> because a lot of the things that he talks about in the book, I lived them with him as I listened to him on the radio. But one of the things that uh, it always came very, very clear to me as I as I listened to him was how much he loved America and he he loved his radio audience but he loved America and I'm that way I love my country I love the kingdom of God I love the church and I love being a part of the church and I have a great concern for the lives of people and families and how that people are able to to find joy and peace and happiness in this world. And that's, that's a desire that I have for everybody. No matter who you are, uh, I want people just to be happy. And I want families to be happy. And I want families to be whole. <laughs> and uh, so when I began to see things from the perspective uh, of Washington, D.C., and, and, and politics and these things, how they affect the church, and they affect me, and they affect my family, then those are areas that I want to focus my prayers. I say, Lord, uh, we need help in this area because we see these things happen. And um, I have lived long enough. <laughs> I've seen some things. And uh, I was in a conversation, uh, I think it was this week, with somebody who we are about the same age. And uh, one of the things that we commented on is that we, if you're my age, then you were not alive during World War II. But we were only just a few years out from the time that the war ended. We were only just a few years until we were born. And so the influence was still a part of the shaping of us as we as we grew up, and of course, uh, along with World War II, as you, in that same time frame, just about, 
you have the Depression, what we call the Great Depression. And if you grew up with Depression-era parents, then you'd learn how to save a dime, and you learn how to make do. And I'm one of those. Grew up on a farm in Kentucky, and uh, in the early years of the farm, we were very much self-supportive. I mean, we we raised our own uh, cows and hogs, and we slaughtered them, and we uh, had our own orchards, gardens, the whole thing. And, uh, and uh, later, when my mother went to work, uh, and that's another story for another time, then uh, the, some of the things that we were able to produce on the farm, it just wasn't feasible because the time wasn't there because dad was working, mom was working. But up to that period, I mean, we had, a, we had a little dairy, had our own cows, I mean, everything. And so I'm a person who has seen a little bit of history. But like I say, I did not live during World War II. But I've gone back and I've read about it in history. And what the point that I have to make here is the fact that when I begin to see things, as I see it begin to unfold before my eyes here in the day in which we're living today, and it begins to line up with things that I've read about before World War II and how it all fell into place. And, of course, one of the things that uh, I've discovered in this is there's a correlation between World War One and World War Two. There was only 20 years difference. And uh, uh, many of the things that were not resolved in that first war bled over to the second World War War. And one of them was the fact that uh, the civilian government uh, they gave up, more or less. <laughs> they, they surrendered. But the military did not. The military did not surrender during that first war, and which helped lead to the second war war. But you begin to see how that things begin to develop in the political realm, and a lot of things that would deceive the populace. In other words, People uh, did not necessarily understand what was happening to their country as things began to unfold. Much of what I see and fear for my country, because things that uh, I knew as, as a young man growing up, things that we pretty much took for granted, a lot of those things are changing, especially when it comes to uh, standards, and uh, something that uh, I saw here, of, I don't know how many years ago, might have been 10 years ago, that really kind of uh, really, really got me thinking was that I saw a map of the, uh, what we say, the, the countries that would be like us, who um, we're capitalist, we love peace, and up to this point have not been uh, influenced by the message of the communist and the socialist. But the map that I saw was not only a map of all of the uh, countries that would, would line up with our thought and philosophy. And then it showed another part of the map that was covered with all of those who were of the mindset of communist control. And I was stunned. 
of how much of the world is dominated by that philosophy and that thought. And uh, I just didn't realize. I didn't realize. It's, it's, it's a whole lot more of the world than one would think. And of course, the uh, quest is always to bring that message to our country. And, and there was a time when I, when I thought, well, that could never happen. That could, that could never happen. But as you begin to see areas where philosophies begin to change, and then you begin to see people who are coming into the seat of power uh, sitting in our uh, cabinet seats or in our Senate or our Congress who openly says, no, this, this is who I am. And uh, that's frightening. It really is. And that's the signs and times in which we are living. And as I say, it brings me to a place to where I size all this up with my belief in freedom and my belief in the ability of the church to be free, to worship as we see and worship as we please, and to boldly proclaim that we are Christians, that we are people of faith, that we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And then every now and then you'll hear something, maybe on radio or television that are just saying, uh, oh, you Christians, you Christians, uh, uh, we don't like you. <laughs> and uh, it's disturbing. And then you think, well, okay, is is that a, a movement? Is there is there a movement out there of people who want to silence Christians? And uh, I'm afraid that there is, that there is the, a movement to, to make the, to where the church cannot speak out. And of course, in a, in a lot of ways, the church has been silenced in the aspect that, well, they say, well, you are tax exempt. What's that mean? Well, that means that uh, we don't have to pay property tax and things of that nature. And so sometimes people who want to shut us up, they say, well, if you don't shut up, then we're going to take away your tax exemption. And all of a sudden, everybody just quiet. Don't, don't say anything. We don't, we don't want that to happen. But the reality is it's it's never happened. It's never happened. And in all of these years, with all of that threat, it's never happened. But yet, those who often uh, want to speak out about things that, that as a born-again Christian that I am, and, I, and the church that I pastor, we are, people who are of another thought, they can go into the churches that would, would side with them, and they can say whatever they want. Nobody says anything. But yet, those who speak up for the gospel, and that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, and the teachings of the Bible, are oftentimes, there's no, you can't do that. Well, to me, that is a concern. That is something that, that I say, no, it can't be that way. Because if one has the right to speak, then all has the right to speak. And as a pastor and as a, a preacher of the gospel, 
I'm going to preach God's word. I'm going to preach God's word in my pulpit, and I preach and proclaim God's word on my daily broadcast and here on this talk show and on the Saturday Night Gospel Sing. I just proclaim God's word. And you see, any threat against that to me is a threat against the church that I'm a part of and the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So where am I going with all this? It's simply this. Things that concern me, and a lot of times the concern that people who should be concerned are not. And uh, a lot of times the church just becomes very, very silent. And many times we're just so distracted by so many other things that we're not even paying attention. And to me that's very, very concerning because we need to be aware of what's going on in the world around us so that we can pray and we can have influence over our own children. And that's one of the things that that concerns me probably more than anything is the fact that the statistics tell us that the the Barna group and those who study these things, they said the number of of young people that we are keeping in the faith and in the church. It's very, very small, very, very small percentage. That tells me that so many of the young people who are coming up through our youth programs and coming up through our youth ministries and things, that when they get to a certain age, they are out. They're no longer a part of the church. That that should scare everybody. And so, (laughs) church, this thing called prayer, it works, and we need to be about it. Let's listen to the Chuck Wagon Gang. Trouble His love will lead us Trouble along. Trouble feels a mighty hand. His love, His love will lead us Check Wagon Gang singing with just a guitar. I love it. <laughs> I love the way they they harmonize. If you listen to the Saturday Night Gospel singing, you'll hear me talking about them from time to time. Because I never really uh, thought much of the Chuck Wagon Gang until one time out at the Lighthouse Children's Home when they were there singing. I got up close and then I realized that they were they were harmonizing. And they one of the girls that sings with them told me this: If you hear the Chuck Wagon Gang, and there's a lot of music in the background that's not just a guitar. It says that was added in because on the, on the stage, it's just them and a guitar. <laughs> they, they really, I call it candy because I just love listening to them like that. This is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I'm your host. Been doing this show now for well over 20 years. And uh, well, I just love talking about the Lord and talking about the church. As I said, show number 1,116 today. And uh, I'm the pastor of Freedom Road Christian Ministry, 720 Capital Circle Northeast, and inviting you to come worship with us today at 11.05 is our start time. We're not hard to find. We're right there on Capital Circle across from the prison. 
between Easterwood Drive and Park Avenue. So if you head toward Park Avenue, you'll find us on the right-hand side of the road. Now, something I want to take the time to tell you about. I don't often get a chance to do this on the talk show because I usually have a guest here. I want to make sure we give them plenty of time. But uh, I've been doing a youth camp now with uh, Christian Youth Ministries International, which is a ministry that I formed back in uh, 2013. Now, that's after about 25, 26 years of, uh, actually, with everything, <laughs> 30 years of ministry with the southeast region of the Upper Bible Churches and doing a youth camp. I love youth camp, but I have such a appreciation for it, the ministry of youth camp. Young people's lives are changed. Young people are called to the ministry at youth camp. And the Christian Youth Ministers International Youth Camp, or CYMI, will be the 17th of July, and it goes through the 21st. We do two camps, uh, junior camp, senior camp. Junior camp is uh, age 8 through 12, and then the senior camp is 12 through 18. So the 12-year-olds can go either junior or senior camp. We give them that option. And uh, I have brochures already done. If you give me a call, I'll get them in your hands. Area code 850-567-1703. That's 850-567-1703. And uh, it's $150 for a young person. That includes everything. That includes the being at the camp, the, there's a place to sleep, uh, three meals a day, and all the ministry and all the fun that we do. It's only 150 bucks, and uh, love to have you and your young people. And if you're looking to, to be a counselor, we'll talk about that as well. Now we need a pastor's recommendation in order to be a counselor or a worker at the camp. But uh, call me, Eric O eight five zero five six seven one seven zero three. Let me share this scripture with you: Second Corinthians chapter three seventeen. Now the Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And, of course, I believe that this Scripture speaks so much about the uh, the uh, merging of the church and a country. Now, I know it's, it's, it's not saying that, but when you read it, it makes you think about both. Think about the Lord, because this is where the Lord is, where the Spirit of the Lord is, and uh, liberty. Of course, in America, we talk a lot about liberty, and we value liberty. And they say, well, why is that so important? Well, if it wasn't important, there wouldn't be all this flood of people coming across our southern border and our northern border as well. I mean, people are desperate to get into this country because of liberty, freedom. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's amazing the the concepts of liberty such as we have even with the problems that we have the freedoms that we have are amazing and I thank God for it but uh, back in uh, let's see I'm thinking the 90s in the 90s uh, we had a president at that time who there were some indiscretions let's put it this way and very, very uh, became very public in the aspect that uh, things had happened there, even in the uh, uh, vicinity of the old office. And of course, I don't want to get into all that. You, you know what I'm talking about. But I remember uh, 
at that time, we were having our regional youth conference. We, we called it Sunfest down in Sarasota. And uh, we had a scheduled one week at the, the hotel that we had reserved to do this event. And uh, there was a threat of a hurricane. And it was, you know, they predicted it was going to come in right there in Sarasota. And so we had to uh, postpone it. So we moved it back a week. And of course, that happened twice in the 25 years that I, I did this event called Sunfest. And every time, it, it became very uh, expensive to me because the rooms that we had reserved, that we still had to pay for, and people didn't come because of the rescheduling. So what happened was the speaker that we had uh, scheduled, he had to reschedule too. And he had already booked for the Sunday morning. So that fell on somebody else, a part of my team, to, to bring the Sunday morning message. And uh, I chose to do it. And what I talked about were these indiscretions from the President of the United States at that time. And of course, uh, the mantra that was taken up by those who would defend this particular action would say, oh, it's nobody else's business. That's personal. That's, that's personal business. And uh, my point was simply this. I said, no, it's not personal business because a man who has that position has a lot of influence. And I remember hearing in, in the, the elections of recently, the last two or three elections for, for president, people saying, look, I'm not voting for a preacher. I'm not voting for a pastor. I'm voting for a president. That's a, that's a cute little saying, isn't it? But the truth of the matter is, is that even if a person is, uh, quote, not a Christian, and I'm not saying that a president has to be a Christian, but I think that he has to be a person who's going to set a good example for our country, especially to the young people. You see, I've worked with youth all of my life and all my ministry. Besides being a pastor of the church, I've, I've always been involved in youth ministry. And I'm with young people a lot. And I know how impressionable they are. And I know that there are a lot of things that came out of that uh, time of indiscretion there in the White House, that particular president, that affected generations to come in their actions and their behavior. And uh, and I, I remember uh, saying this in that sermon that I preached back then. I says, Mr. President, do you not realize that we have an AIDS crisis because of promiscuity? Do you not realize that we have a moral crisis? And all of these things, especially when, when the, this individual was so defended by those who were, who were for him. Again, we're looking at examples. How does this affect the next generation that's coming along? And how this is going to affect our country because of actions that are brought out because of the examples that have been set by those who are in authority and those who are on the, the, the high hill. In other words, they're there where everybody's going to see them. And especially when there's misbehavior and it's excused because it's excused because they lack the particular person that's committing these things. Now, if somebody else does it, they're very much to, there to criticize. And so, how does this affect your family, my family, your church, 
my church, your country, my country. I think it affects very, very much. And uh, you look generation to generation to generation, and you say, well, are things getting better? Is morality getting better? Well, sometimes there are things that happens that does cause a, a group or a people or a nation to, to turn around and do better and uh, change things. And, uh, well, one of the things that uh, I have been praying for for years is that there would be a spirit of revival that would sweep across our land and uh, just minister, just minister the Holy Spirit. This is a Jeff and Sherry Easter. I know how it feels to survive. I can, uh, I can identify with that because uh, <laughs> I've been a survivor for a lot of years and uh, seen a lot of things, experienced a lot of things, watched life happen around it. And uh, what I talked about a few minutes ago about people who are, and especially the president of the United States, or, or those people who are in positions of power, yeah, their lives do affect all of us. And uh, their more morality affects all of us. I heard a, a person on radio or a talk show this week, as a matter of fact, and uh, and uh, this individual says, "I don't care what they do." He says, "It doesn't, it doesn't matter. They can they can live, do, be immoral. I don't care as long as they they're good presidents as far as their the politics." And I just screamed to my radio and I says, "Then you don't you don't understand what I understand." And how things affect young people and affect the generation. And, uh, you know, we're right now, this particular time of history, we're uh, kind of keeping our ears out to this. Uh, um, well, it's not really a, a trial, but uh, a grand jury that's uh, convening there in New York concerning uh, the, the last president and uh, indiscretions. And he may or may not have done, and we don't know. He says he didn't. And, uh, and I'll just take it at that. But uh, the truth is, is that uh, these things, they're, they're, they're out there for people to hear and for young people to hear about it. And, uh, and it, it affects, it affects uh, a generation. And uh, so, yeah, it does matter. It does matter. And, and what's even worse is uh, when you have somebody that um, they're, they're they're living their lives in such a way as far as what we can see. Oh, they're just they're just such nice, clean, moral, living people. And then it comes out that uh, that's not so. And, of course, especially this devastates the church and uh, those who try to live a decent life when it's a, somebody in the ministry that uh, they find out that they're, they're living a, a double life. It's very, very harmful. Uh, back in the 80s, when we went through that as a church, and we had two of very charismatic leaders, both of them, right about the same time, one, one accusing of the other, and then finding out that they both were involved 
in immoral things, it hurt. It hurt the church severely. And uh, uh, all of these things matter. They, they matter. And, uh, and also this, it's not done in a vacuum and, uh, because the Holy Spirit will reveal things. He will. And he'll, he'll it's just like when, uh, when uh, Nathan the prophet said to, to King David, he said, that which you have done in private, I said, I'm going to expose it before the whole nation. And he did when his son Absalom uh, rebelled against him and took all those ten wives up there on the on the rooftop and, and pitched that tent. And, and uh, I mean, it was it was, it was this despicable thing, but it was a political thing because it was said that he who has the king's wives has the kingdom. And he did what he did. But Nathan the prophet said, uh, you thought you were going to hide it, but you can't because God will reveal it. And he does so many times. So now it brings me to just talk about the church today. And uh, <laughs> I talk about things that I find very concerning. Sometimes I just scratch my head and I go, I don't know. My wife and I were talking about this Sunday, uh, something that we'd heard. And I said, you know, what? <laughs> Why do we even bother? That's why I'm being facetious, and I was being facetious to her. I said, why do we even bother? I mean, here we are, pastoring a small church, trying to help people, trying to make a difference in people's lives. And then sometimes you find out that these things are going on in their lives, the very people that you're trying to help, and you realize now that one of the reasons why they're having the trouble they're having is because of the lifestyle in which they're living. And that's why I said sometimes you just say, why? <laughs> why do we even bother? Well, we bother because uh, well, we believe. We believe that uh, heaven is a good destination to be after. And heaven is a uh, worthy goal for all of us. And the only way to heaven is through your relationship with Jesus Christ and uh, uh, his righteousness and accepted him as Lord and Savior and following his teachings. That's the way to success. And success to me is heaven. Ernie Haas' signature sound. I just kind of felt like you might need a little encouragement. <laughs> I may have been a little bit of a downer yeah, this morning, so I thought you just need a little little word. That, uh, and things look hopeless. God delivers again. That's Ernie Haas' signature sound, and I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host here on the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm also the host of the Saturday Night Gospel Sing yeah. If you are like I am and you love Southern gospel music and you don't want to miss that every Saturday night, seven o'clock here on 94.1, it's a full hour of Southern gospel music, the best music on the planet. And we crank it up. 
<laughs> and uh, you're invited. Seven o'clock. Don't forget that. Oh, here on 94.1. And also, come and worship with us at Freedom Road, the church that I pastor at 720 Capital Circle Northeast. You still got time? Uh, we're almost right at almost close to nine o'clock now. So you still got two hours to get ready. Actually, you got two hours and probably about uh, 20 minutes to get ready. Come on out to church and worship with us. 720 Capital Circle Northeast between Easterwood Drive and Park Avenue. If you're heading toward Park Avenue and Capital Circle, you'll find us on the right-hand side of the road. FRCM.US is our website there. Let me just kind of finish up some thoughts here because... We talked about revival and said, what is revival? And, of course, we're hearing these reports out of the Asbury Seminary there in Kentucky. And um, the reports that I'm hearing is it's, it's a prayer, a revival of prayer. And uh, it's, it's uh, I think it's different than some revival. Of course, I've not been there now. But it's different than some revival movements because it's not necessarily, I'm going to use an expression that, People may not appreciate it. I don't mean it in a derogatory way. What they call wildfire. I mean it's wild, and uh, this doesn't seem to be that way. It just seems to be just a just a beautiful, sweet, peaceful move of the Holy Spirit. And to me, that's that's just what I love and enjoy. Anytime that I'm I'm in a place where you just feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it just brings tears, just brings tears because it's just such a a gentle, beautiful move of God. And I, I crave that. I crave that because when the, the Holy Spirit moves in such a way, he'll bring such conviction to a heart. And a lot of the, quote, behavior things, they just melt away because the presence of God becomes so a preeminent in a person's life, and they see things in a totally different perspective of things than what they've ever seen before. And the wonderful thing about it, this is, this is what I'm hearing, is that uh, people who are, who are attending there, that they're carrying it with them when they go to other places. And, and, and that's what happened at, at Azusa Street and many of the revivals, is that it didn't just stay in one spot. It would spread to other areas and be reignited because just the presence of God. If somebody has experienced something like this, and wherever they go, it's 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 in them, and uh, they share it and they live it and they testify of it. And well, God God just does what God does because well, the Spirit of God uh, brings peace. It brings life, brings joy, and uh, a calmness. And that's one of the things that I that I heard was that uh, people who would go there when they when they left, a lot of the burdens that they had when they went there were just lifted. They're just gone because God just had just come in and just bring that brought that peace. So, the message of the Holy Spirit, the message of God. And the message of the power of God, it just needs to spread just all over the world. Steve Hassan, Southern Salvation. 
It's called Care the Message. Spirit of the Lord is. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And uh, I, I started, I said it wrong. I said, let me read it to you right. Now, the Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And that's our prayer that the Spirit of the Lord would be very much across this land. And that the freedom that we talk about is being a part of the United States of America, that that truly would be the heart and mind of our nation, that we want people to have the freedom to worship, to worship as they see fit. And, of course, as a Christian who has a desire for everybody to go to heaven, and I believe that, as Scripture says, there is no other name under heaven and earth where men may be saved except through Christ Jesus, that I want that message proclaimed because I love people and I want to see people go to heaven. And, of course, that's the heart of God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. And that's my heart's desire for you today, my friend, that if you're outside of faith, that the Holy Spirit would very much come to you and speak to you and draw you in to himself and give you a glimpse of spiritual things and that you are spiritual and that God is spiritual and that you can connect with Father God through the power of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Father God, I just pray in the name of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, that all who hear will receive as we've spread the word today. We've done, as the scripture says, the sower went forth to sow, and we've come and we've spread the word and we sow the word, and I pray that the word of God will fall upon good ground and that people who have, maybe people who have been in church, but they've been out of church lately, and they just kind of wandered away, the God, that you'd bring them back. And Father God, that you would ignite a spirit and a passion for the things of God all across this land. And Father, we do pray for America. We pray, God, for your kingdom. And we pray, God, for each and every one who's listened today. Lord, bless them. Watch over them. Protect them. And Father God, we do pray for peace in the city of Jerusalem and the nation of Israel. Father God, we pray these things in Jesus' name. And until next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you.